0: And this morning is, uh, we're going to start a little bit different than usual. Um, We're going to start today's sermon with a game. You know, I did youth ministry, and I guess it's still in me a little bit. Um, We're going to play the game, how much time do we spend? We're going to look at a few different things that we do during our lives uh, and see how much time the average person spends doing them during their lifetime. Uh, I sort of got this from an analysis I saw of the, uh, according to this analysis, uh, this is the average amount of time that an American is going to spend doing these activities by the time they're 70. The first one, and this is interactive, you you take a guess. By the time you're 70, how long have you spent sleeping in your life? What do you think? What was that? Years. I wish. <laughs> Some of us, maybe. Uh, uh, 20 years and three months. It's, it's pretty good, right? Uh, these people must not have had kids. <laughs> um, what, about, what about watching TV? How long does the average person spend watching TV by the time they're 70? I heard it, 10. Actually, 10 years and five months, which is a long time. <laughs> and we often say, you know, I don't have time to read the Bible. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be convicted by the statistics, I guess. What about eating? Seven years and six months. That makes sense to me. How about this one? How much time do we spend in transportation? <laughs> Maybe it's a little different in the Bay Area, right? Uh, according to the stats, it's five years and nine months. And that includes uh, six months at red lights. Uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm fairly convinced that Blossom Hill is actually from the original Greek, which means six months at a red light. Um, And last but not least, how long do we spend waiting in line? 18 months, 18 months. You know what struck me about all of this? That is a lot of time waiting, isn't it? Between red lights and waiting in line, that's nearly 13,000 hours waiting. And according to Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, he says it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. So in theory, we would be experts at waiting, wouldn't we? (laughs) But most of us aren't, are we? (laughs) Waiting is hard. Living in the unknown the in-between, the transitional times, and yet we spend so much of life there. Those times when things are changing and we're not sure about what's next, where we aren't sure where God is leading us, those times when we are waiting for an answer to prayer, waiting for God to show us what this next season of life has in store. Whatever it is, We spend a lot of time in this life waiting. And in today's text, Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus to the temple to present him before the Lord, which would have been about a month after he was born, to be presented for the purification rites that were prescribed in the law of Moses. And while they're there, they meet two people. Simeon, a righteous and devout man, and Anna, both a prophet and a widow, two people who are experts at waiting. And today, as we look at this text, I want us to see what God has to teach us about our own seasons of waiting and uncertainty. Because the truth is that they're inevitable. It's not a matter of if, but when. And when they come, they can be some of the most challenging times in life. And so today we ask the question what do we do in times of waiting? Let's see what we have to learn from Simeon and Anna. Now, today's text describes Simeon as a righteous and devout man who was waiting for the consolation of Israel, he was waiting for the Messiah who was foretold in the scriptures. Who would bring hope and redemption to God's people who, in the words of that classic Advent song, mourned in lonely exile. And the Holy Spirit gave Simeon a message that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now think about this. How long do you think Simeon waited? I will say, if Elizabeth asked me to do the dishes and I said, before you die, you will see a clean sink, she'd say, not soon enough, (laughs) right? (laughs) How long do you think Simeon waited? Because there's a lot of wiggle room, God willing, in that phrase, before you die between when he received the message and when it was fulfilled. How long do you think it took before maybe some doubts might have started to creep in? Where he started to wonder, is that really what God said? The truth is we don't know. We don't know how long he waited but it's not hard to put yourself in his shoes. And yet we learn from Simeon that in the times of waiting, we can trust what God has revealed to us in his word, even if we have to wait for it. This is actually not something that we we just get in Simeon's experience in the Gospel of Luke. It's one of the threads that runs through the entire story of Scripture. God promises Abraham a family, that they would be a great nation, and yet it would be 25 years between the initial promise and the birth of his first son. The Israelites, delivered out of slavery in Egypt, and then 40 years in the wilderness as God prepared them to inherit the promised land. King David is anointed as king by the prophet Samuel, but he wouldn't assume the throne for another 15 years. And there are many more. This is a pattern that repeats over and over and over again in the scriptures. We see it in the, the account of Simeon today and Anna. Trusting in God's promises and God's revealed word as they wait. And all that's to say, if you're in a season of waiting here today, that means two things. The first is that you are in good company. And the second is that just because the answer hasn't come yet doesn't mean the answer is not coming. God is faithful. He has told us that he is, and so we can both trust and expect that he will be faithful because God makes good on his word. In the times of waiting, it can be overwhelming, you know, dealing with the unknown. We can even fixate on it. We can focus on what we don't know or what we don't have. We can focus on the thing we're waiting for. And yet when we do, we can lose sight of what we do know and what we do have, God's faithful promises. And when we ground ourselves in God's word and his promises, when we focus on what is certain in the midst of uncertainty, when we remember his faithfulness, his love and grace, that he is a provider, that he leads us by his Holy Spirit. And so ground yourself in God's word and God's promises in those seasons of waiting. Ask God for the faith to trust that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he will do. God's word is not filled with empty promises and he is faithful to what he says. here's something I think is is important for us. As those who put their faith in Christ. I think sometimes we're a little bit skittish with God's word. And here's what I mean by that. God says he's faithful. And yet sometimes, especially in those unknown seasons, we can be a little bit apprehensive to take God up on his word. Lord, you've told me you are faithful. And so I'm expecting you to deliver. I'm expecting you to prove yourself faithful. God is not offended when we take his promises seriously. And so don't be afraid to plant your feet firmly in the faithfulness of God, even as you wait. In times of waiting, trust God's word. And next, we get the account of Anna's life. Anna was a prophet, and she spent her time in the temple, constantly worshiping, fasting, and praying. And she did this because, you know, for her life didn't go according to plan. Married for 7 years and then widowed. Thrust into the unknown. And in that time, she fixed her eyes on her Lord. In times of waiting, she focused on him. And I find it interesting that because she did, she is remembered by us even here today as one of the first people to recognize Jesus as Lord when he came. This 84-year-old widow prophet became, as far as I can tell, one of the first evangelists as she saw Christ the King and that month-old child and told everyone who would listen, this is the one we've been waiting for. Anna committed herself to prayer, fasting, and worship. And she delighted in the presence of God, looked to him, and so when God made flesh, showed up in person, she recognized her Lord, even when he showed up as the young baby of a poor couple. And so we learn from Anna that being focused on God prepares us to see and receive God's answers when they do come. Because in God's kingdom, waiting is never just waiting. It's preparation. During those times of waiting, God is preparing us to receive what he has in store. It was true in the Old Testament. Abraham, God's people in the Exodus, King David, and more. In our text in Galatians today, in the New Living Translation, it says this. When the time was right, Jesus came. I wish I knew what made the times right, but I don't. You know, why did Jesus come when he did? I have my theories and I'm happy to chat about them sometime if you're curious, but at the end of the day, why was it such the right time when Jesus showed up? I don't think we know, (laughs) but God does. And I think that's the case with so many things. So often we don't know. We don't understand. But one thing I feel like I do know, something I've learned over and over again, is that I can trust God's timing, even when I wish his timing was a little more like mine. I have to imagine that Anna... At 84 years old, that first time she laid her eyes on Jesus, she knew in that moment that it was worth the wait. In times of waiting, focus on him. Now, as I close today, I want to draw our attention to one final thing in the text. And perhaps this is the most important thing of all. What do Simeon and Anna both do when their time of waiting is done? When their prayers are answered and their hopes are fulfilled? They praise God and they point to Christ. When Jesus shows up, they speak up. Simeon lifts up this child and praises and thanks God for the answered prayer. Praises God for his faithfulness. And he says, Lord, now you can dismiss me because I've seen it. When Jesus shows up, Anna tells everyone who will listen about the newborn king. And that's my encouragement for us today. Brothers and sisters in Christ, St. Timothy's, when God answers prayers in your life, when you experience the faithfulness of God and his provision, when you see him lead and guide you into new chapters of life, give him the glory. Point back to Christ. Worship him for his faithfulness and share your stories and experiences of God's faithfulness with others. Psalm 107, verse two says, let those the Lord has redeemed tell their story. That's us. That's you. Many of you know my dad. He's a person I have more respect for than anyone in the world. He's a softball coach and he is uh, about as forward with his faith as somebody can be. I love it. One of his students asked him one time, Coach Steve, am I allowed to pray that God makes me win my game? I'll never forget the answer. He says, sure, but you have to give him the glory if you win. That's us. When God shows up, let us be a people who give him all the glory. My prayer for us today as we head into this new year is that we would be a church that is buzzing with the stories of God's faithfulness. That your life would be bursting at the seams with a testimony of a loving and a gracious and a mighty God. That our stories of God's provision, healing, blessing, love, grace, and deliverance would build up one another, even as we experience those times of waiting. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are faithful, and we plant our feet on the firm foundation of your faithfulness. Lord, give us faith to trust in your word. Give us faith to believe in your son. And Lord, give us the eyes to see the many ways that he shows up in our lives, even as we wait. We pray today In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.